I'm Coach Tony Miller, and you're listening to a Quick Timeout Podcast. We have conversations with basketball coaches from around the country focused on specific topics designed simply to help grow the game. Welcome to Coffee with Coaches, presented by a Quick Timeout Podcast. Before we get going today with our guest, I want to thank our sponsors at Dr. Dish Basketball. Their shooting machines are used by high school, college, and professional programs around the country. And right now, if you mention a Quick Timeout, you'll receive $300 off your purchase. To find out more, visit drdishbasketball.com. Today's guest is the Director of Basketball Operations at Princeton University and the host of the Pursuit Podcast, Chris Mongelia. Coach, thanks so much for joining us today. Tony, thanks for having me. Man. It's a pleasure to be here. Your journey to Princeton and your responsibilities there look like what? That's a <laughs> that's a loaded question. Uh, the quick overview is uh, started coaching in high school. I uh, was a middle school head coach, a freshman coach. Uh, started coaching AAU towards the latter part of my career, coaching in high school. Got linked up with uh, Rob Krasinski, who was the head coach at Kane University at the time. He was coaching AAU, so I was a 16U coach. He was 17U. Through that relationship, we worked really well together. He offered me a spot to go work with him at Kane. Uh, I've been trying to get into college for a while at that point, so uh, it was a dream come true to be able to get that opportunity. Uh, through relationships and and long, long stories of networking, mm-hmm. uh, just developed some relationships with people at the Division One level. I was able to get an opportunity at St. Peter's to be the director of basketball operations. And then the whole time was kind of cultivating relationships here at Princeton uh, with Coach Henderson, with Brett McConnell, uh, and with Skyett, and they were all here uh, prior to me arriving. So uh, after one year at St. Peter's, an opportunity opened up here, uh, right place, right time, right kind of relationships, and uh, the rest is kind of history. Yeah, so people that maybe watch this uh, they uh, and listen to the podcast as well know that primarily on this show, I try to talk a little bit more about the non-basketball X's and O's type thing, but, but really things that still affect the program on a daily basis and sometimes maybe what goes on behind the scenes because those that are involved in it know that there's so much more to it than just the basketball and on the court. Uh, Chris does a lot of that. Can you maybe give a couple of the things that you do maybe with, with Princeton there that people wouldn't necessarily see when it comes to the basketball side. Yeah, I think a lot of people think director of basketball operations is, you know, planes and buses and meals, and it sure is. But um, at a place like Princeton, uh, we don't have, you know, 12 coaches on our staff. We only have the, the three assistants, Mitch and myself. So a lot of the other stuff falls on me, like the social media coordination, Um, any events that we're involved with up campus or through like our varsity club here, a lot of that coordination goes through me, all the different departments. Uh, I work with all them like marketing, business, multimedia communications, like everything is kind of pushed on my plate to make sure that that goes as best as possible. Um, so I think that's a lot of the stuff that maybe people don't see. Uh, anything that goes on social media, it crosses my plate before it gets pushed, send to, um, that's the approver. I'm involved in brainstorming ideas for all that stuff. We have a cool thing coming out uh, next week called through the eyes. It's a new initiative that we're doing. where trying to pull a little bit from the detail, the ESPN plus stuff that Kobe Bryant and Peyton Manning had been doing on there. Um, and just talking to our alums and talking to our, our current players about maybe a big play or a big moment. Um, and kind of what they were thinking in that moment. So ideas like that are just generated through conversations with myself, 
um, our sports information director, Elliot Carr, uh, him and I have a real good relationship and just a lot of brainstorming. So I think anything that has to do with the perception of our program, mm -hmm. I kind of have to have my a good pulse on, on what's going on there. This time of year, the coach side of me is thinking with a new team and starting a new season like X's and O's and how do I teach our offense? The marketer side of me is thinking, how do I promote this team? Um, especially maybe if you're, you know, you, for you, you're at a division one school. I know the Ivy league, it's not a power five, not part of a power five conference, but Princeton's still nationally recognized. Right. And so, you know, I, I've paid attention to, to the Princeton program and to Chris and the stuff that he's done just because of some connections that, that I've had to the program. But one of the things that I've noticed, I, I think we've maybe known each other and known of each other for probably four or five years at this point. For sure. But like one of the things that I've noticed over those four or five years, it would seem that you all have made it a priority to grow the Princeton basketball brand. Is that accurate? Yeah, I think any anyone who's paying attention now is the social media, the Twitter, the Instagram, the Facebook, the YouTube, the whatever other platform I'm too old to know about at this point. Mm -hmm. um, they're all kind of taking over a little bit. So how are we representing ourselves on social media is really important for our program. Um, I think it pays respects to the alums who played here before even I started working here, kind of what this program and this tradition has been about. Um, and that was, I did not know what I was doing when I first got into this um, in terms of, you know, the brand development and kind of what we're putting out there. I think learning what this program is all about and figuring out that before you hit send on something that goes to, you know, millions of people, make sure it represents Princeton basketball and make sure it represents the kind of kids that we want to recruit to our program. I'm interested to hear, was that something that, that you pushed or was that something that coach pushed or was it like a group effort or did marketing say that or where did that come from? In terms of like making sure that what we're putting out represents us. Well, that, but then also the just the focus, kind of the the shift of making sure, because I know a lot of people know that social media is important. That doesn't mean they do anything about it. Mm -hmm. you, it would seem that you guys, like I said, have made a really concerted effort to push. And I want to I want to eventually in just a second here, talk about some of those initiatives that you've had. You've mentioned the one that the through our eyes, but you guys have done a lot more than that. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think I would give a lot of credit to Brett McConnell. He's our associate head coach. He's done a really good job of positioning our staff to have a focus of what the perception of Princeton basketball is. And not like a fake perception, but an authentic view of what we represent, what our players represent, what the players that came before the current ones represented. And that's always been his focus. And it kind of it's a, it matriculated down to everyone that's in our program. So I would give him a lot of credit um, with kind of that mindset for myself. And when I had gotten in here, they had just had a student manager the year before start with graphic design and really like early entry into getting good representation on Princeton social media of what that is. And I think I took the reins of that and tried to expand on it every single year. Um, we've been really fortunate to have two great student managers, uh, Brendan Bowling and Michaela Tyrell. They're both graduated now looking for full-time jobs for anyone who's watching um, go to our Twitter and Instagram page and any graphic that you see on there is probably their, their, uh, their project. So we've been really lucky to cultivate that relationship and they keep us current and fresh. Like they bring ideas to, to our plate and sometimes I have to say no. And sometimes I have to say, heck yeah, that's a great idea. Like let's figure out how we can make it Princeton and not, you know, a power five school that maybe we, we were watching. So I think 
Brett gets most of the credit, but Coach Henderson has really – he really is entrenched in – obviously, he graduated from here. So he has a really good uh, you know, pulse on what Princeton basketball is and has been and will always be. And he always, you know, has made sure with me, like, make sure it's it's us, make sure it's it's representative of what we do, team basketball, unselfish, um, anything that shows the team being together. Like, we feel like we have our guys might be the, the closest knit in the country. Like, that's how we feel through the quarantine. They've all trying to travel to each other's um, houses and spend time together and continue to connect. And and that's what we pride ourselves on is having like really, really good players on the court and um, good people off the court. I was hoping that we were going to say that about the head coach, just simply because what I found is even if the head coach isn't like actively involved in it or even uses social or, or marketing in general, that they just don't have a marketing mindset to it. The more that they're behind it, it would seem that those programs typically feel like they have the freedom. People in your position, others have the freedom to create content that ends up promoting long term the program itself. It's, mm-hmm. it's how it's been with our program, especially is, you know, the head coach, he'll do some stuff on social, but he's all for promoting the program is like you said, if, if it aligns with what, with what that, what the mission is, I guess is the best way. To yeah. I mean, you're the head, the head coach is what your program is, right? You know, yeah. the, the coaches on the staff are going to reflect what the head coach values and, and puts time into. I don't know that I've ever had a conversation with Mitch about some of the ideas that we're planning on doing. I think the only conversations that we have is he has the faith in me and the trust in me to make sure that I know what he wants represented for his program. And I think that's the most important thing. So I want to give listeners and viewers some practical ideas of things maybe that they can do with their programs. What would you say are maybe the three to five things that you all have done that have either been your favorite or that you feel has gotten the most return for furthering the Princeton brand? I think the number one thing I would say is regardless of what level you're at, there's probably a student at your school that wants to do graphic design, that wants to do photography, that wants to do video. Just the opportunity that to give that to a, a student, regardless of whether they're interested in sports or not, to be able to have the platform to just explore and experiment and and try out the ideas that they might have of whatever their interest is i would encourage people to reach out put ads on facebook like we post um in our like there's a facebook group for each class year so like the class of 22 class of 23 they'll all whenever they get admitted to princeton they all join that group so we've done a good job of like posting in those types of groups of saying like hey we have opportunities to work with men's basketball Um, And we've got a lot of managers from that. Um, So I would encourage people to try and reach out. That might be the best thing that we've done. You know, we're not, like I mentioned earlier, we don't have a lot of staff. We don't have a, um, a graphic design person that works just for men's basketball. Like we've had to go out and get students that were able, were able to do that stuff for us. So I think, I don't care what school you're at. There's, there's gotta be a, a student a male, female, I don't care who it is that is interested in that stuff. And it's so critical for our program. Like who doesn't want to have nice pictures taken of your program or who doesn't want to have good graphics to represent your program and show what you're all about. So the best basketball coaches are relying on data more than ever. That's why coaches love huddle assist with assist. You'll get full game breakdowns, including complete team and player stats in less than 24 hours. Your stats are ready when you need them. And assist is more than just a box score. 
use interactive reports like shot charts and advanced stats like lineup data, VPS, and of course, effective field goal percentage to coach smarter. Plus, Assist brings your stats to life. Every stat is marked on the video at the moment it happened. See every shot, turnover, rebound, and much more with just a few clicks. Want to see how Huddle Assist is elevating basketball? Visit huddle.com assist. That's huddle.com assist to learn more. For you looking for somebody like that, because there may be a coach or something like that who's, who has a player who maybe isn't good enough to play at the college level but wants to stay involved with sports, what do you look for in a student? Because I'm sure you get 50, 100 that are maybe interested in it. Like what, what, what's going to be the separator for you in picking that person who's going to be on the staff? So we have like a, a managerial staff right now of seven or eight student managers. And it's not like a normal student manager crew. You know, at, at a power five school, you might get a bunch of managers that want to be a head coach or a college coach one day, or they want to be a GM of an NBA team. I think we have student managers who just want to explore what maybe they're interested in. Like these kids go to Princeton. So they're, we can't have them down here 40 hours a week. Like we work with their schedule. They come when they can and we see what they can provide to our program and what opportunity we can provide them um, that they might be interested in exploring. So we've had managers in the past who were really experienced or interested in analytics. So we've kind of let them go down that path a little bit. We've had a manager who a couple managers who are graphic design based. We've had other managers who were former basketball players and they like to be on the court a little bit more. So the number one thing for us getting to answer your question is how do they fit with the current managers that we have? Um, you have to be likable. You have to be polite. You have to be fun. Like the kids like to have fun a little bit. Um, so we're looking for the same kind of person that we're looking for on the basketball court in our program is the same kind of manager that we're looking to bring into our program. Like you have to be a good person. You have to be positive. You have to be hardworking. You have to be reliable and you have to be trustworthy. So I think all those things are what we're looking for when we're trying to bring a manager into our program. I wanted to ask you about one of the campaigns that you all have done, the, the hard cuts video series. Mm -hmm. Those, uh, I mean, I love them, uh, but you guys are maybe only like, one of two or three programs in the country that does something like that, which still blows my mind because of how important video is and kind of giving that behind the scenes look as to your program. Well, where'd that come from? And, and maybe for those that haven't seen it, what is it and what do you feel like that has done for your program? So the idea came my first year here, we were undefeated in league play. We're in the, won the first Ivy league tournament. We had this great run. And I had been watching some stuff on the Big Ten Network. I believe it's called The Journey. Mm -hmm. um, I don't even know if they still do it anymore. I've, I've gotten away from watching too much TV these days. Mm -hmm. um, but that's kind of where it started of like, we had this really good team. It would have been awesome to profile and have them behind the scenes. Um, our communications department was always pressing us for like access, like let us come behind the scenes a little bit and do that. Um, so I kind of matriculated the idea or cultivated the idea with Mitch about like, hey, what if we had like a weekly mini docu-series where we talked to the players, where they would come to practice. And we didn't even know what it was in year one. Uh, we had our communications uh, guy follow us around a little bit. He would travel. He came to Hawaii and California with us and stuff like that. So um, those were that was the beginning stages. And man, we had I had no idea what I was doing because I was largely put in charge of being, I don't even know what my title was, producer, director. I know I wasn't filming it, 
but I had a large role in, okay, this is what I'm going to let you shoot today. This is what our plan is going to be. Um, we're going to head to, you know, their dorm and they're going to play NBA 2K. And all the ideas kind of came from me. The scheduling came from me. But all the creative stuff was from John Bullis, who works in our department. And then in year two, like we just learned so much in year one. And we actually outsourced it in year two to someone outside of the department um, because it was such a large pull for our communications guy. Um, and we got really lucky to have a young up and coming star in the business. Uh, his name's Stephen Ochoa. He's now at Duke. <laughs> so he did such a good job for us that, you know, Duke basketball called me up and was like, yo, who's your guy? <laughs> you know, um, so he he took it to new heights for us. And I think got a lot of eyes on it. We've been really lucky to have a good relationship with ESPN um, through the Ivy League. And all of the episodes were going on the ESPN app. So if you had Princeton as your team that you liked, um, you were pulling up the ESPN app. And every week there was a, a Hard Cuts episode coming up. So basically what it is is, I mean, it's so hard to explain in, in a couple sentences. But it's just access. It's kind of like. Sometimes it's game highlights. Sometimes it's locker room celebration. Sometimes it's walking with our guys on campus. Sometimes it's, man, we had we had one player who did an improv skit, and we took the camera there and kind of videoed that. So it's been great for recruiting. I think we've had a bunch of our recruits that have committed since this has started that have said, like, they watched every episode with their parents. Um, I remember during an official visit, one mom was saying, like, oh my goodness, like everyone who comes, who's thinking about Princeton should watch that because you get to know the coaches, you get to know the players, you see what this place is all about. Um, so that's all we can ask for, for something like that, is for people to get to know, like this is a really good place to come, grow as a person and play really good basketball. Like we've had on hard cuts, we've beat USC on hard cuts, we've beat Arizona State on hard cuts. And those episodes are, are great for us to watch. You know, it, what more can you want? Like you're coming to the best university in the country and you get to see us beat Pac-12 teams on the road. Um, so that's been it's been awesome for us. And our alums love it. Like they, they love staying connected to the program. And it feels like they get to know the players even more so than they do from the networking events that we have for the guys. So it's been it's been all around a great experience for us. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, like, the the quantifiable data, I think sometimes maybe even the, you know, what you think it's doing for your program. I mean, have you seen, do you feel like more, even more people are coming to your games? Is there more hype around campus about it? Are people talking about it more? I mean, aside from the recruiting, because even if the high school coaches listen to this, they're like, well, I don't really recruit or I don't. Have mm -hmm. you seen other benefits? You mentioned the alumni, but is there maybe, is there more excitement on campus around the around the team or? Is there anything else like that? I think what we've done, and I hope this comes off the right way, is that all the other teams here have seen what we've done, and they're like, that's really awesome. Like, we want that. So I feel like we've kind of set the bar a little bit at Princeton, and it's pushing other people to, like, we want that. We need that. This is awesome. It's been so good for basketball. How can we get that? How can we make our athletic department better? Mm -hmm. So hopefully we're, we're leaders in that sense. But I think people are, are, are like starting to know what hard cuts is a little bit, you know, sure. we just finished year three with it. Um, a couple of the people who have done that and filmed it for us and edited it have said like, you know, when they're at a game, someone will come up to them and be like, are you the hard cuts guy? Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of cool for them. But uh, yeah, the quantifiable stuff, we're big on numbers here, but 
if it's helping us in recruiting and it's helping our, our, our alumni data, uh, not database, but fan base, like stay connected with us. I think that's all we need from it. Yeah. And I would totally agree with you because I've seen the exact same thing, you know, in some situations that I've been a part of, but as soon as you start doing something, it grabs the attention of the others. And then they say, well, why can't we do that? And it actually ends up boosting the whole organization, which yeah, for know, sure. Princeton is Princeton if they happen to be a basketball player, then you benefit from that. So yeah, I, I would totally agree with that. Um, so now we talked kind of about the video and some of the stuff that you're doing there. You yourself are starting to dabble a little bit in the audio content. Um, I mentioned the pursuit podcast where, where'd the idea for that come from? And for maybe somebody that hasn't listened to that, what is that? And what's the purpose for it? It came from having time during quarantine. That's where it came from. Um, <laughs> you and everybody else, right? <laughs> I've always been really interested in, I feel like, growth and learning and maybe thinking outside the box is a little bit of my personality and having different domains to pull from um, has always been my thing. So I've been really interested in reading and started getting into podcasts and always thought like this would be a cool thing for, for myself to do as a project, but never really had the time to plan it. I think like now that I'm in it, the execution of it isn't maybe as hard as I thought it was going to be. Mm -hmm. um, but really coming up with a good premise and something that was authentic to me, like that's what was really important to me is like, I don't want to just do a podcast where um, maybe everyone's doing that type of a podcast. I want to talk about like the, the things that helped you become successful, not necessarily like, okay, talk about all your stages. So for me, it's been really interesting to hear from other people. Like it's been a lot of things, Tony, it's been a growth thing for me. How can I learn from others? It's been, how can I help others? So if anyone who's listening, like 23-year-old me would have loved to listen to my podcast. And that's kind of how I framed it of like, if anyone's young or if anyone's 18 and now 19 years old and they're thinking about a career in sports, if you pop on this podcast, maybe it gives you an idea of something that you can carve out your own path. So that's what it's been for me. I've had, this is a recent story. So I have a really, really good friendship and working relationship with our head softball coach here. Um, and she came on for one of our episodes and other day she called me up. She's like, I have really good news. And I was like, I love good news. Like, what's the good news? So she tells me the story about how she got a commitment from like a top 40 pitcher in the country. And she goes, and the best part about it is her dad comes on and says, I recently listened to a podcast that you did. And it gave me a really good feeling about sending my daughter to go play for you for four years. And like, that was like the ultimate gift for me. To be yeah, able to cool. think like I helped somebody else, you know, and Lisa helped herself. Like she's an awesome A plus person to listen to and, and learn from and, and talk to. But to have that happen was really cool for me. And I'm only six episodes in, just getting started, but we'll see where it goes. I don't know. I'm, you know, it's been a lot of fun and um, I'm looking forward to keep doing it. I know for me personally, like it, it's fun to have people say, oh, I listened to that show and you know, that, that helping other people learn has been exciting for me, but like, I think it's similar to what you're saying here, what you learn from it and the connections that you make and the guests, you know, even if nobody listened to it, it still would be beneficial to have something like that. Maybe you mentioned the one that with the softball coach there, but can you mention where to find that, where people could connect with you? And maybe if they're going to listen to their first episode, what episode should that be? <laughs> oh man, you're going to put me on the spot with all those guests. <laughs> I have to pick one. We're not um, trying to offend anybody, but yeah. just pick, pick maybe maybe one that either had an impact on you or a, had a story in it or something like that. Yeah. So you can find the podcast at 
pursuit underscore pod on Twitter and Instagram. I'm also on Facebook. Um, it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, a couple others. I don't even know anymore. I have one of our one of my former our former student managers is helping me out with the prog- the the project. So I'd be lost without him. But yeah, I guess my favorite one might be the most recent one that I did. Um, it's with the Gonzaga strength and conditioning coach for men's basketball. And I did the the reason why it was interesting for me is because I did he was the first one that I did not have like an extensive relationship with. I knew him. I had met him one time. We we connected through a mutual friend, but just having him on the podcast and really listening to him, and he's like an he's an A plus mind is what I would say. Like he, we didn't really talk about basketball. We didn't talk about strength and conditioning. We talked about like approach, mindset, um, perspective, authenticity. Like his was really really thoughtful, and that's where I I would lay there. But give them all a listen, man. They're all good. They're all good. How long are they? I, I forgot. I, weren't they about? Usually, usually like 45 is kind of the sweet spot. One of them went a little long. We went rogue with Lisa from softball. Uh, we just kept going. So that one's a little over an hour. But anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour is kind of where I've lied. Awesome. Give that a listen. That's Coach Monge from Princeton University. Coach, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Tony. That'll do it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you again at the next time out.